Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at facebook.com slash gratefulheartphotography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. 
but there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye dreaming. You'll style in great handmade tie-dye clothing such as t-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tie-dye dreaming. Or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye Dreamin' today. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. With coronavirus spreading, People at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than one nostalgic weekend. Up in the sky. Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Every league, every team, every game, every season. 
8 to 10, tell a friend. This is where the experts meet to speak on approach. You want to join the conversation, got to pick up the phone. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's the verbal version of the replay, the recap. The game seven, the draft, preseason, the rematch. Players and coaches, the man keeps you posted. Whether you're rooting for the home or away. Dirt, turf, hardwood, grass, a clip. We keep the conversation going and we cover it all. So when it goes down, you know the score. When it come to sports talk, this ain't no small talk. This is the big leagues, the ball is in your core. The best place for debate and point of view. After further review, you know what to do. Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, though? This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sarai Pass. We are in the building, man. Um, you know what it is, man. You know what we do. You know how we give it up, man, every Tuesday night. We're back in the building. It's regular schmegler tonight, yo. It's Tuesday. We're back in the building. We're here. There's stuff to talk about as far as sports is concerned. Um, slowly but surely, just trying to get back into the you know, normal swing of things, man, you know. It's a little bit late on the calendar, man, but it's still all good. We still here. We still in the building. I got sexy Bob James in the building holding me down behind the board. This is after further review 2.0, aka the side round our past live and direct or action VR network, man. All right, you know what it is. You know how we do. You know how we give it up. Um, the baseball trade deadline was yesterday. That's crazy, right? You know what I mean? Um, crazy but normal. If that makes any sense. Um, NFL is getting ready to start. Um, I think um, Bob might want to chime in on that conversation a little later on. Um, yeah, next week, man, we'll be getting it in. So hope you know maybe our guest next week will have our week one pick. So we're back in the building with that. So it looks like it's going to be um, par for the course. They're going to be playing in front of you know I guess no people or some people or however they're going to do it. But um, they picking up. You know what I mean? It ain't like they got to get pushed back or anything. We figured they might get pushed back at least a week or two. But they're going to do what they got to do, man. Um, NBA, bubble bunch, playoffs, you know, moving on to the, the uh, second round. Um, and then, you know, some people, in, some real people in the building. Shout out to the, um, the people in the video screens, the audience, the crowd or whatever. But they're allowing some family members and uh, relatives you know, slowly but surely. So we're starting to, you know, be able to get a little bit back to some kind of semblance. Somebody's at the game. You know what I mean? So that's where we at with it tonight, man. WNBA, all right, they're doing their thing. Um, the Kentucky Derby is coming up this weekend. That's Saturday. So you know how we, you know how we do, man. All right? So we're in the building, man. So 954-246-0398 is the math for everybody that tried to get in last week, man. We got y'all. You know what I mean? Little technical difficulties on the phone side, but we got you all right. Nine five four two four six zero three nine eight. Um, we're gonna start off with baseball, man. The trade deadline was yesterday, and um, of course the Yankees didn't do anything, you know. Um, and again, I, I don't want to talk about it like it's a regular season, but uh, it's getting late, early for the Yankees, man. As far as you know, uh, the division is concerned, we cannot do nothing with the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm not understanding what it is. We can't do nothing with Tampa Bay. But, um, you know, we knew that going in. 
But uh, we just thought that, um, you know, we could survive or do a little better without the injuries. But we're still dealing with injury bugs and all that. We'll get into that a little bit. But um, this is after further review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. Shotline Pass. Got the mirror in the building. Get at me on Twitter at RMDesk. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the Shotline Pass is the name of the group on Facebook. All right? Um, yeah, man. The Yankees didn't do anything. Atlanta really didn't do anything. You know, um... You know, they added Tommy Malone. The White Sox got Jared Dyson, but, you know, that didn't really, you know, shake anybody's boots. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of contenders that have obvious needs didn't do anything at the deadline. All right? Houston, the Astros, Justin Verlander's hurt. They don't really have a number five spot for the rotation. And they got seven rookies in the bullpen. So they could have used somebody to kind of, you know, settle things down a little bit in Houston. Um, the Atlanta Braves, like I said, um, you know, they went and got Tommy Malone, uh, Mike Soraka, and Cole Hamels hurt, okay? Sean Newcomb, Kyle Wright were demoted. So was uh, Mike Ponungowitz. He was demoted, too. So they got problems with their pitch. All right? Um, Tampa Bay Rays, they have 11 pitchers on the injured list. All right? Um, Ten of them got arm injuries. Five of those are season-ended. They didn't make any moves. All right, but the way they're beating up on the Yankees, they didn't really need to make any moves. Um, speaking of the Yankees, Aaron Judge is hurt. Giancarlo Stanton is hurt. What else is new? Robert Torres is hurt. What else is new? And James Faxon is hurt. What else is new? All right? And they're weeks away from coming back. So um, instead of a division that we're looking at, we're probably going to be looking at a wild card. Because, again, everything is condensed. So, again, man, um, you know, it's getting late early for the Yankees and for everybody else who's trying to, you know, contend for those number one spots. I mean, but I guess um, the top two teams in each division make the playoffs this year. So, as long as the Yankees have been in second place, that'll be all right. I, I, I'll take that. I, I'll eat that for this season. I will eat that for this season with no problem. And I'm not going to fall back on no excuses about nobody got hurt or none of that. Because we already know what it is with this season. Everybody jumping out the window. You know, somebody going to hit 400 or somebody going to do that. No, I'm not even worried about that. That is, that is really of no consequence in this season right here. Really. For real. But anyway, um, Chicago White Sox, man, they're another team that um, needed some help and they didn't do anything at the deadline. Um, they have injuries. Gio Gonzalez is hurt. Carlos Rodon is hurt. Aaron Bummer is hurt. So um, they have, you know, situations in their pitching staff. Um the Dodgers, you could probably put them in there, too, because all they really did was send Ross Stripling to Toronto for two prospects. But the Dodgers don't really have a, you know, a, a real big need, right? I mean, you know, uh, people, you know, saying that they're really the best team in baseball. Um, I think those other five teams that we mentioned in Houston, Atlanta, Tampa, the Yankees, and Chicago White Sox are all, you know, favorites for the postseason and World Series contenders. But they didn't really do anything at the deadline. But the teams that did, they made some moves like a mug. That's what we say on the block. They made some moves like a mug. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays, or should we say the Buffalo Blue Jays, um, they addressed weaknesses. They got Taiwan Walker. They got Robbie Ray. All right? They made the late trade again, like we mentioned, for Ross Stripler from the Dodgers. They got Robbie Ray from Arizona, Taiwan Walker from Seattle. Uh, and they brought in some depth for the infield in Jonathan Villar. All right? um, I think that, you know, um, Villar's versatility, they got him from Miami. 
his versatility, you know, means that, you know, he'll be in the lineup more often than not, okay, even after, you know, Bo Pichette comes back, all right? And um, Stripling, you know, his arm is flexible enough where he can come out of the bullpen, all right? Um, this hasn't been the best year for Robbie Ray, but we all know what it is with him. He's capable of going on a hot streak as, you know, um, just like any pitcher in the game, all right? Um, Toronto, you know, they'll probably make the playoffs this year. All right, the, the, the playoff field is expanded. It's eight teams, all right, and Toronto might definitely make a playoff spot. Um, I think these moves that they made are definitely about making a run this year, all right, um, as they are about racking wins up in the regular season. Maybe they might be trying to, you know, even catch the Yankees for that second spot. So right now it's a lot of pressure on, on, on the Yankees, even though it's, you know, for me it's a lot. Because, again, it all goes back to this season is condensed. We don't have no time to play around. You know? Um, I think some, some, some uh, teams that could have made some rentals, made some moves to get some guys, didn't, you know, talk about your Zubu Cabrera and Howie Kendrick, you know, from Washington, uh, Austin Roman, Jonathan Scoop from the Tigers. Uh, you got Kevin Gossman and Drew Smiley from the Giants, even Anderson Simmons. Um, from the Angels and Jackie and Jackie Bradley from the Red Sox. So again, I think that you know the teams that really didn't make moves that you wouldn't really consider to be contenders like that maybe might think that there's that they have a chance, you know, and and that's cool with that, you know. Um, but again, who wants to change teams during a pandemic? You know what I'm saying? So again, at the end of the day, man, it, it just is what it is with this. But I think um, when you look at a team like the Boston Red Sox, you know, they kept, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. They kept Martin Perez, you know what I mean? Um, they traded away uh, free agents, you know, to be Mitch Moreland, Kevin Pillar, and Brandon Wilkman, um, and Heath Henry, all right, um, who's under control till you know, through next year, through, through 2021, all right? I think the Red Sox have some, you know, things that they can, you know, um, work with. They have some youngsters, um, Connor Seabold. All right, he's a youngster that they love as far as pitching is concerned. Um, you know, they got prospects, Hudson Potts and Jason Rosario. Um, again, man, they came over and trade in the trade with San, with San Diego for Mitch Moreland. So um, the Red Sox, man, you know, made some moves. You know, they don't think that they're going to be, you know, just be, um, you know, sitting back in the cut because they lost Mookie Betts. I, I didn't think that they were going to have a trade then to Bogars. But, um, again, I think that, um, you know, improving the farm system helps. So the Boston Red Sox, for me, they, they, they did well, you know, as far as the trade deadline is concerned. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers, they're a loser. They're one game out of a postseason spot. And the only move that they made was trading there a reliable reliever, a reliable arm out of the bullpen to the Phillies, the team that they're chasing for the number eight spot. Okay? Um, Christian Yelich is the only Brewers regular who's doing any numbers. All right, they did not address their offense at all. All right, they're counting on players already on their roster to really kind of turn their season around, knowing that this is a really a, 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 a condensed, mushed-up season. All right, um, if they would show a little bit more urgency, you might be a little bit more, um, you know, have a little bit more confidence in what they're trying to do. Because again, eight teams in each league, eight teams in America League, eight teams in the National League. Is you know, I mean, if you consider yourself a a winning team with a winning culture and a team that wants to, you know, be in the postseason, you have to make moves. 
especially this year, this would be the year that you make a move and just go for it. Why not? You know what I mean? Next year, be damned. Okay? Because, again, the way people are jumping out of the window, it's like they're going to love you anyway. If you get to the World Series this year, you win the World Series this year, they're going to still love you. No asterisk, be damned. So why not? You know what I mean? Um, another winner, um, a trade deadline. We talked about the trade deadline. Major League Baseball, this is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Cincinnati Reds, all right? They did the opposite of what the Brewers did. Instead, they're, they're a game and a half out of a postseason spot. Cincinnati went for it. They added Archie Bradley, who was a high-leverage uh, relief pitcher, and Brian Goodwin, who's very underrated, all right? Um, the bullpen has been a sore spot all year long for Cincinnati. Mm. And again, you know, um, Archie Bradley comes in and he will give manager David Bell another option um, in the late innings besides Lucas Sims, Amir Garrett, and Tihei Antoine. All right. Um, the kid that they got from Japan, Shogo Akiyama, hasn't really been that nice in his first, you know, rookie season, but it's okay. You know what I mean? I, I'll give him a pass too. Okay. Um, and I think they, you know, acquired Goodwin just in case because he can slot nicely into left field. So, again, man, these moves give Cincinnati a better shot, you know, at the postseason. And, again, um, if they do get in, the rotation that they're going to hit you with in a short season, in a short series, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, and Louis Castillo, nobody wants to see that. So, again, I don't understand, you know, from the Milwaukee perspective is why they – why would they not go for it? And Cincinnati, who's doing, you know, uh, if you, you know, you could say they're doing worse than Milwaukee, and they just went for it. They went and got some pieces that they feel like they could, they could help them, you know. And they have pitching, so don't get it twisted about Cincinnati. They have pitching, and remember, in the beginning of the season, we talked about Cincinnati. All right, um, another loser, Kansas City. All right. Um, they turned Trevor Rosenthal into two prospects, okay? They kept Greg Holland. They didn't really consider a Whit Merrifield trade again, so he's still in Kansas City. Um, they didn't capitalize on a, you know, weak, you know, pitching market out there. They could have, you know, put Danny Duffy out there or Brad Keller or Jacob Jones, all right? Um, Kansas City's rebuilding in their own way, it looks like, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Um, you know, recent champion. Not too far, you know, long ago. So, again, they have the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not going to call it, you know, Dayton Moore's time ball jet. Um, he is a championship executive. So, again, it still feels like, you know, Kansas City, if they want to compete, if they wanted to um, be a, uh, uh, um, a presence, you know what I mean, as far as the postseason is concerned, they could have did a little bit more. Um, you know, the fans, I mean, I mean, you know, again, this is a slow season, man. This is different. I, I mean, they did, you know, teams did what they had to do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I know about the Padres. We're going to talk about the Padres because they added everybody except for Wacko Bob. They got everybody. San Diego Padres uh, was not playing. They was like, yo, you know what? We going for it. So they're like the perfect example of you know, what to do in a, in a situation like as we have this, you know, uh, definitely different. It's definitely a different situation. And the San Diego Padres made moves. They have one of the, you know, uh, top players in the game, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, they want to win now. 
and I'm not mad at the San Diego Padres. I'm not mad at them. They made some. They went and got everybody. All right. Um, they came into the week with the third best record in the National League. All right. Even though the Padres are looking up at the Dodgers in the National League West, um, they you know did what they had to do, man. They 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 they're trying to they're trying to win, and I'm not mad at them. Okay. They got Mike Clevenger from Cleveland Indians, all right, and he was their ace, okay, um, and uh, that's just the beginning of it. That is just the beginning of the situation, all right. You got a minute? Hold up. In addition to getting Clevenger from the Cleveland Indians, they got Trevor Rosenthal from the Royals. They got Jason Castro, catcher from the Angels. We talked about Mitch Mullen already. They got him from the Red Sox. They got Austin Nola, Dan Altavia, and Austin Adams from the Mariners, and they got Taylor Williams from the Mariners. Okay, San Diego. They had they, they were involved in six trades, including twenty four players. They got ten, and they let and they gave away fourteen. All right, so um, very very active. Now the Padres have one of the top rotations in the league. I mean. You know, you, you throw Clevenger in the top of that rotation, man. Um, when you go along with the highest scoring offense in baseball, all right, they're averaging 5.69 runs a game, which is slightly ahead of the Dodgers, who are at 5.67. And again, now they're, you know, in position to send three very, 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 very good starters to the mound in October, all right? They're going to go with Clevenger, then Danielson LeMay, then Chris Paddock, then they can come at you with Zach Davies and Garrett Richards. All right, LeMay is one of the best-kept secrets in baseball. He's pitching to a 2.35 ERA, all right, and he's, he's pitched to a 3.48 ERA in 111 in the third inning since coming back from Tommy John's surgery. He struck out 156 batters in 111 in the third, all right? Um, you know, Davies is, 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 is pitching to a 2.61 all right, you add Mike Clevenger to that, I mean, you got a staff kid, all right? Um, Clevenger is not a rental, so he's going to be on the Padres. He's under control from them through 2022. Davies is under control through 2021. LeMay is under control to 2023. And Paddock is under control to 2024, all right? So San Diego's going to have this group together next year, and then they have their top three under control for at least another two years, all right? So, again, adding Clevenger wasn't a rental. He's a long-term addition. Um, they didn't touch the, the, their, their farm system. They have a very good farm system down there in San Diego, and they didn't mm -hmm. touch it. And, again, that's, that's, that's how you move smart. That, that is how you move smart, man. So, again, shout-out to San Diego Padres, man, um, A.J. Peller, uh, those guys, man. They, they, that's how you make moves to, to, to get your team better, all right? You can't complain if it doesn't happen for you because you made moves, all right, so as opposed to a team like we say, you know, the Yankees that didn't really add when they needed to and they should have and they could have, but I get it. You know, mm. A lot of that money was, you know, tied up in, in Garrett Cole, who hasn't been, you know, giving us what we need um, as of late, you know. So we're going to go talk about some power rankings, man, after this trade deadline, the top 10 teams as far as Major League Baseball is concerned because, again, like I said, it's getting late early. All right? 
Um, again, like I said, we talked about the three teams that we liked that were up. We talked about Toronto. They needed to show up their rotation, they, and they did it. Um, it's possible that, you know, those, those guys that they got, you know, not going to do nothing. But it's also possible that they get the best versions of those guys. All right? Um, hopefully they, they will do what they need to do to get into the playoffs, and then we'll see what happens. Again, the Cincinnati Reds, you know, um, you know, they went out and did what they needed to do. Uh, even if it doesn't work out for them, they still made a move. All right, the Chicago Cubs, um, they added Jose Martinez. You know what I mean? Um, they still, you know, managed to do what they needed to do to grab a bat. All right? So, again, um, you know, you move how you move. And then it all, it all pans out for you in playoff time. Um, again, when you talk about uh, teams that should have made moves, talk about, I'm going to stay on the Yankees, man. I'm going to stay on the Yankees. I'm going to stay on the end because that's, first of all, because that's my team. And second of all, they should have did something, you know. But um, I hope, you know, get, you know, Brian Cashman knows what he's doing. And I think, again, you're buying some time because, again, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, this season is different. I mean, I'm going to keep saying that. It's not, and it's not an out. It's not an out or an excuse at all. It's what it is. All right. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. The Sideline Pass. We are in the building. Till 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, nine five four two four six zero three nine eight is the math. Um, we got my man, the big homie Bob James, is in the building behind the board. I right, making it do what it do. We're gonna take a pause for the cause, and we come back. We're gonna talk about the NBA bubble. All right, that's the further review 2.0, aka the sideline pass. Let's get it poppin'. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic related products, services and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian yeah. Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. 
Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at facebook.com slash Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye dreaming. You'll style in great handmade tie-dye clothing such as t-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tie-dye dreaming. Or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye Dreamin' today. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. With coronavirus spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network.
It's back in the building, man. Sorry for the hiccup, but we back in the building. This is after further review 2.0, aka the Fat My Pad. Alright? Um We here, man. We in the building. Alright, we're gonna talk about the bubble stuff going on in the NBA right now, man. Um I think that um you know, there there you know, some people got to go home. Alright, the team that got Eliminated in the first round because now we're in the second round in the NBA playoffs. And um, can for a game seven that's going on right now with the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. Um, I want to give myself some props, pat myself on the back because I think I'm the only one. And you could, you know, check it or whatever, check the stats or whatever. I said it on the show that the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets are going to go seven games. I got Oklahoma City in seven games over Houston. I said that. All right? Um, you can go back and check the tape or whatever. I said that. Um, and again, man, I you know, I pat myself on the back because I saw that series as kind of like, especially, you know, with the Russell Westbrook and, uh, you know, the Chris Paul thing. You know what I mean? Um, I really didn't really put any stock into what James Harden do in the, in, in, in the, uh, in the playoffs still. I kind of still don't trust that guy. You know, even in this you know, different situation that they're in in Orlando in the bubble. Um, I think that, you know, Russell Westbrook, man, um, it's, it's starting to get the crunch time. So I think that, you know, Russell Westbrook kind of exposes himself. Um, he kept the ball in his hands and away from, you know, James Harden in the last, you know, in the crucial moments of um, game six. I mean, again, you know, uh, Chris Paul, man, you know, I think that, you know, he tries so hard, you know, and I think that, you know, whatever he does is always going to be looked at, you know, kind of sideways because he's had chances and he just never got through. All right. Um, Again, I think that, you know, he gets hurt at the wrong time, you know, Um, remember, you know, he was with the Houston Rockets. Okay, they had a 3-2 Western Conference Finals lead. Okay, um, and he got a ham- he hurt his hamstring. So, again, I think that um, when you have a guy like Chris Paul, who's, you know, one of those guys who's always close with no cigar, and you got a guy like Russell Westbrook, who's, you know, played in the finals, you know what I mean? Um, but I think that what Westbrook does differently than Harden in regards to the Houston Rockets, is I think that Harden, you know, uh, beats teams, you know, with, a, with being efficient. Okay, I'll say it like that. And, you know, Russell Westbrook beats teams with his energy and, his, and, and volume, okay? Um, I think that, you know, uh, when you have a guy like Westbrook and a guy like James Harden, both of those guys like they have the ball in their hand. You know, so, again, I think that what Russell Westbrook does is he – you know, um, the way he plays, he demands the teams, you know, change their whole philosophy. You know, um, Russell, Westbrook, he's never really mastered, you know, how to move without the ball. Um, he's not, never has been um, an effective or even average shooter, you know, off, you know, off the, off the dribble or catching the, ba- or catching the basketball, catching shoot. Um, and he really never, you know, stepped his defense up. Okay. Um, the last time they used to Rockets led a series three games to two, they lost because they didn't have. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
This time they lost a 3-2 series because the other team had Chris Paul. All right? And I think that, you know, Russell Westbrook, for all the talk that we talk about him, you know, being kind of like, out of control, you know, the final minutes of game six, he finished the game with seven turnovers. Unforced. You know, and how do you consider this guy one of the top, you know, you know, guards or even players in the, in the, in the NBA when you look at his look at his stats and then you just look. You know what I mean? Um, you have James Harden, arguably one of the greatest scorers in NBA history, arguably. Okay? He took one shot in the last final four minutes of the game. It came off of an inbound pass with the shot clock running out. In that same span, Westbrook took three shots, turned the ball over twice. In five possessions in those last four minutes, Harden never touched the ball. And on the sixth possession, his only touch came on the defensive rebound. All right? So they had a six-point lead and turned that into a four-point loss. So, again, I think that, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, effectively boxed out the three-time, the three-time, not one, not two, three-time defending scoring champion out of his own offense. And he did it while playing in a, 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 a minutes uh, um, limit. Okay, so what are we doing with Russell Westbrook? Okay, um, you know, and he's been doing that throughout his career, man. This is not, this is nothing new. This is not, you know, an isolated incident. Okay, just did it with Kevin Durant. Durant got sick of it. Okay, Paul George, he traded him in for Kawhi Leonard. So again, I think that that same, you know, energy that makes Russell Westbrook so dangerous, it's kind of what did him in against, you know, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's played one way his whole life. His style made him an all-star and an MVP, but it never made him a champion. So, again, man, um, I think you have to look at, you know, Russell Westbrook out of the, out, out of the window of his entire career, all right? Um, I think that he has that confidence, and I'm not mad at it. But I think sometimes that confidence does his team, you know, uh, doesn't serve his team well when it counts. All right? Um, Harden may have been better equipped to, to handle this Houston Rockets team. But I think that, you know, letting you know, Westbrook do what he does kind of like doomed it. And it, I, I actually it did doom it. And I'm kind of glad it did because, again, like I said, I had Oklahoma City in seven. So, again, I think that what we have to see in Game 7 out of the Houston Rockets is a uh, calm down Russell Westbrook, understanding what he has. He has, you know, uh, 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 other people on his team, the P.J. Tuckers of the world, the Eric Gordons of the world, the James Hardens of the world. So if Houston wants to move on to the, uh, to the next round, which will be against the Los Angeles Lakers, they're going to have to definitely step it up. But I did say that this series would go 7-8. I think that um, the Oklahoma City Thunder have a great chance to win. And, again, this game is going to be an um, a indication of where we are. Because can Chris Paul finally get a game 7 and move on? You know what I mean? Can Russell Westbrook finally you know, play team basketball and, 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 and move his team on? 
So that's what makes that you know that game seven situation very very interesting. And again, I I, I said it. I, I just thought I had a funny feeling that no matter how this series is going to go, it was going to end up seven games. It was going to end up seven games. Simple as that. Just you know, just for the simple fact that you got you know Paul and, and you know Russell West, you know Russell Westbrook and you know the James Harden that type of situation. So again, you know it's it's working out. You know, and Chris Paul again came up, came up big, as he does. You know, so again, you know, salute to uh, Chris Paul and Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, you know, salute to what they've done, what they do. Um, salute to the Los Angeles Lakers for moving on against Portland. I thought that the Lakers are going to always win that series. I never thought that you know Portland was going to beat the Lakers. Um, a lot of people, you know, you don't hear from them now because they're hiding. They're waiting until the second round gets started so then they could pop their heads back out. Um, you know, Portland won the first game. It was like, wow, you know, the Portland Trailblazers is going to beat the Lakers. Come on in, knock it off. You know what I mean? But, again, the Portland Trailblazers, I mean, they didn't have, you know, um, Damian Lillard. Okay. They still, they still were going to lose with Damian Lillard. So, I think that uh, the Lakers are moving on. Have we seen the best out of the Lakers yet? Nope. Are we going to see the best out of the Lakers? Yes. So I think that um, they got they got the Portland Trailblazers out of the way. I think their next opponent opponent man. Um, I think that they're going to really have to kind of like, you know, if they play the Houston Rockets or Oklahoma City. They're going to have to you know, beat the brakes off of them, and kind of like reestablish their dominance. They haven't really done that, and I think now even with you know with um, them allowing families and and loved ones and and, and people that are connected to these players back into the into the bubble, I think that kind of you know gives them a little bit the players a little bit more relaxation. They could feel a little bit more comfortable, have family around them, and things of that nature. So that's cool. That's a good look. So I think the Lakers will probably more than likely pick their game up and and and, and be even better moving forward. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You my guy and all that, but I think that um, you guys are gonna have you know in the Milwaukee Bucks are gonna have to really make some um, defensive changes, man. Um, you got the Defensive Player of the Year, Giannis Antetokounmpo couldn't you know put you know Jimmy Butler on lock. You couldn't do that. You couldn't switch you know onto him down the stretch while you know Butler was giving the Bucks work. He was giving them that work. And you couldn't put the defensive player of the year on it. Instead, they had Chris Middleton and Wesley Matthews on it. And Jimmy Butler was serving them. Jimmy Butler was serving them. So, again, I think that, um, you know, Giannis, even if he can just kind of like switch off and show against Jimmy Butler, but that's not going to work against Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler is a very active guy, and he moves around and he scores the basketball. So Giannis is going to have to work on both ends of the floor. And, and you knew that going in. So how does this guy who's the defensive player of the year not want to take the responsibility of de- of playing, you know, against the, uh, the opposing team's hottest player? Okay, they're gonna have to definitely. They're gonna have to absolutely, not definitely, absolutely make that move. All right, I think you know, Anthony Cupo, he's, he's he's long, 
He's active, okay? And and basically all you have to do is show. If you could show, get in Butler's face, at least make it tougher for him to make these plays, man. You know, and, and Milwaukee can't afford not to use their best defensive weapon when he's needed. You know? And and I think that um a lot of these guys are definitely and I'm gonna say this, a lot of these guys out here um are fragile. They, you know, you know, when, when you know, for all the accolades they receive and it's all good when they receive those accolades, but I think that um, you know, when it gets to crunch time and you know, time when they have to, you know, deal with a little bit of adversity. I think that um, they get defensive for no reason. No pun intended. They get defensive. No pun intended. Um, and they really shouldn't. You know, we just want to see them at their best. And when you have a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's a defensive player of the year, you know, and, and, and he's nowhere near – Jimmy Butler at crunch time, he's supposed to have Jimmy Butler on lockdown. So, again, I think that uh, whatever they need to do, if they're going to you know, get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they got to do it because Miami is, is not playing with them. All right? This is Dr. Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. Shout out to the Charlotte Hornets. They're going to be out with the uh, – they're going back to the future with the, uh, the pinstripes uniforms. All right, shout out to them. Shout out to the W to to the NBA man. Um, they're gonna open up some arenas, which will be voting sites for the upcoming uh, presidential election, and that's all I'm gonna say on that. And I'm leaving that alone. All right. Um, when you talk about the NBA playoffs and the NBA, the bubble, you know, Game Seven going on right now. We get an update score. The end of the first quarter, Denver Nuggets lead the Utah Jazz twenty six to twenty one. The Boston Celtics take a two-game lead over the Toronto Raptors um, in the Eastern Conference semifinal. Boston 102, Toronto 99. Um, again, man, I think that uh, Toronto defending NBA champs, this is the adversity. This is the adversity. Okay? Um, the Boston Celtics are undefeated in the NBA postseason. Um Toronto Raptors, it, you know, this is this now you get to show your championship medal, your championship heart. We didn't have to do it all year long. Now you got to do it. You're down 2 0. And uh, this Boston Celtics team, it seems they, they, it looks like they're coming together on both ends of the floor. Jason Tatum, 34 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Marcus Smart, 19 for Boston, 16 in the fourth quarter. You know, um, again, Toronto played well. OG Ananuboy and Fred Van Vliet combined for 39 points, but it wasn't enough. Um, again, I think that um, this, you know, uh, 2-0 spot or 0-2 spot for Toronto is not um, unfamiliar to them. All right? They were down 2-0 to the Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Then they went on to win four straight. So, again, they don't, you know, even if they don't have, you know, um, reigning finals MVP Kawhi Leonard, they knew that. But here's um, three takeaways that I have from game two. Um, again, as we mentioned, the fourth quarter belonged to Marcus Smart. Okay? He had 16 in the fourth quarter. He had a big three-point shot, another three-point shot, making big plays on the defensive end. He had five three-pointers in the fourth quarter. Okay? So Marcus Smart was doing his thing. 
big production, all right? And that was really, really big because Kendall Walker had an off night. He was like six for 18, all right? Um, again, you know, you won't expect Marcus Smart to hit six three-pointers in a game. But if he could do that while Kendall Walker is, you know, you know, not playing his best basketball, especially with Gordon Hayward out, it's going to make Boston that much tougher to beat. Um, Pascal Siakam is not really playing like that top option guy. All right. He really hasn't done, you know, that much so far in the series. I don't want to say he hasn't done anything. I mean, game one, he had 13 points. He shot five for 16. All right. Um, game two, he had 17 points. I was six for 16 shooting. So I guess, you know, looking at it positively, um, he did shoot better. Six for 16 in game two, five of 16 in game one. Um, he's gone one out of seven from downtown. He's got to the free throw line eight times. Okay. Um, you know, Pascal Siakam is, is kind of playing like, you know, he, I don't want to say he's scared. He knows what he's doing. And we know he's a good player, but he's just struggling. And he just hasn't really attacked the basket. I mean, in order to even, you know, draw some fouls, and, you know, get himself going. If he can get himself going, at least from the free throw line. You know, he's not doing that. Um, they have to, you know, Toronto's got to stop Robert Williams, all right? Um, Robert Williams has taken 10 shots in this series from the field. He's made all 10 of them, all right? Um, again, he's made big shots in big spots, all right? Um, made some shots in the first quarter where Boston was trying to find their offense. And again, um, you know, he did his thing. Um, when he, you know, his production dropped, Robert Williams' production he also, you know, uh, Boston, you know, did what they had to do in other ways. So, again, he contributed. And when he, you know, didn't contribute, um, you know, the team was still, you know, doing what they needed to do. So, the Boston Celtics now up two games and none on the Toronto Raptors, the defending champs, who've been in the spot before. You know what I mean? But, again, you know, Boston's playing like a team that wants it. And Toronto's playing like a team that, you know, is looking for it, if that makes any sense. All right, this is after further review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are in the building. We got Bob James in the house, a.k.a. Pretty Boy Bob, a.k.a. Wild Boy Bob, a.k.a. the roughest, toughest man in the business. Bob is in the building. Make sure you check him out, man. Action, Action VR Network is in the house. Um, We're going to take a swervation for a minute. As you know us after further review, you know how we give it up, man. We talk about stuff that other cats don't talk about, all right? We're going to get into the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby is going to be on Saturday, y'all. I understand that. All right? And um, I'm going to ask Bob James if he has a uh, a winner. We're going to pick or we're going to pick horses in the Kentucky Derby. I'm going to pick three, one place to show. And uh, Bob James, you in the building? I, 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 I'm going to message you now. The Kentucky Derby is Saturday, man. I, um, I'm going to pick. It's a, it's a couple of horses that I like, man. I like Storm the Court. Okay. Um, I think that. This 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 horse right here can 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 be a, can be a surprise. All right, he did his thing in the Ohio Derby. Okay, that was back in June. He finished third place. 
Then he finished second in the La Jolla Handicap back on August the 9th. All right? Um, he's really only had one bad race since, you know, the Breeders' Cup. And I think that that's a, that's a, that's a uh, appropriate name, Storm the Court. I like that. All right? Um, we got... Let me see. Who else we looking at here, Bob? Um, give me... Go ahead. Yeah, t- Kentucky Derby. Oh, God, I don't know about that one, uh, to be honest. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make the picks for after further review, right? This is what we're going to do. We're going to pick three horses. The three horses I like, I like Tis the Law. Okay? I like Storm the Court. And I like, hmm... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a long shot. I'm gonna go attachment rate, and the reason why I say attachment rate is attachment rate is a closer. Okay, um, I think the source has not, you know, shot away from any competition. All right, um, you know, it started in five races, finished in second twice. Okay, um, you know, I think that, you know, this horse can do his thing. I think he needs to boost his speed up a little bit to have a shot. But, I mean, you know, I don't know what I'm doing either, Bob. So I'm just going to pick three horses, one that I like, all right? And we'll see what happens when we come back on the show next week. So we got attachment rate to show. We got... Uh, what was it? We got, um, what's the name of the horse? We got Tasha Rate to Show. We got, not Major Fed. I like Major Fed too, but we got Storm the Court. We got Tasha Rate to Show, Storm the Court to Place, and Tis the Law to Win. All right, and that's all we're going to say on that. All right, this is After Further Review 2.0, aka Sideline Pass. We are in the building every Tuesday night. All right, from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I got my man Bob James in the house. And uh, we're doing what we do. All right? Um, WNBA, man. All right? We're going to talk about them for a hot second. Um, shout out to them for doing what they do, you know, um, and, and, and their, uh, you know, this, this, this situation is going on, man. They, they, they're doing a lot. They've been at the forefront of the social justice movement, you know, but it's this this is not anything new for the WNBA. Alright? Um remember back in two thousand sixteen entire teams were kneeling for the national anthem. Okay? Um Maya Moore stepped away from the game. Alright, to fight for when the release of a of a wrongly imprisoned man in Missouri named Jonathan Irons. Alright? Um and earlier this summer, remember the WNBA were the first to propose the special messages on jerseys and courts in the bubble. All right. They also form a social justice council to make sure that these efforts don't stop anytime soon. All right. Even though they have an owner, I think that the owner of Atlanta is on some nonsense. But we won't get into that because we're not going to get political. This is a sports show. All right. So we're going to start from the bottom and work our way to the top as far as the WNBA is concerned. All right. Um, and that bottom starts with the New York Liberty. All right, they got their second win of the season. They beat the Chicago Sky. 
Um, again, you know, Sabrina Inescu is out with an ankle injury. She's been out for a while. They have a few weeks left in the regular season, so it doesn't seem likely that she'll be back anytime soon, at least, you know, this summer, all right? Number 11, we got the Atlanta Dream, all right? Kennedy Carter came back to the court after missing uh, three weeks with the ankle, all right? And I think that um, this season has been rough for the Atlanta Dream. They've only won three games. And, uh, you know, along with that other situation that they have going on off the court. Um, the Washington Mystics, a lot of people like them, you know, earlier to do some things that maybe, you know, compete for a championship. They've lost four in a row. Um, they've only won one game since they started out 3 you know. All right? One bright spot for them is Maisha Hines-Allen who's putting together a great season. She had 35 points against Dallas, which is tied for the most points in the game this year. She's averaging 15 and 8. All right. Um, not bad for somebody who played just 211 minutes all of last year. All right. So, again, Washington, um, missing Elena Deladon. Hope she comes back, you know, soon, um, you know, doing what she does. But, again, at the end of the day, this is what they get for, you know, denying her. But we'll get into that another time. Um, the Indiana Fever, they lost three straight games. They just have one win in the last six games. Um, again, they'd be out of the playoffs right now if the season ended today for a fourth straight year. The main problem with them is their offense, all right? It's, it's really falling off a cliff. They got to find some offense, man, and find it soon, all right? Dallas Wings, they had a nice win over the Fever. They've jumped in the playoff position, but they still have a lot of work to do. And, um, again, they're dealing with some injuries as well. Ricky Ogbubale continues to lead the league in scoring. All right. Um, and she's on pace to become just the ninth player ever in uh, WNBA history to average at least 22 points a game. For real. That's, 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 that's what's up. Um, the Connecticut Sun, they're still an offensive mess. But their defense is keeping them afloat. All right. They're fifth in the league with a defensive rating of 99 and a half. All right, Breon January came back to the floor to help solidify things on the defensive side. They still got some work to do if they want to hold on to their playoff spot because only one and a half games separate them from the um, in, uh, Indiana Fever. All right, you got the Phoenix Mercury. Um, they don't have Brittany Griner, who left the bubble for personal reasons. Now they're going to be without Bria Hartley for the rest of the year. All right, she tore ACL, so... Um, she got signed in the offseason, and she was putting together a very, very good year, the best season of her career, but now she's out for the rest of the season. The Chicago Sky, you know, right? they got blown out by the Storm. They lost to Liberty on uh, Diamond, the Shield, and Azura Stevens left the bubble. The Shield left for personal reasons, and uh, who knows if she'll return while um, Stevens is out with a knee injury. All right, the Minnesota Lynx. They have a rookie of the year candidate in Crystal Dangerfield. She's up to 15 and a half points and three assists a game, which is second among rookies. All right. Um, even though, you know, Sylvia Fowles is out. And I think that um, if Dangerfield does win rookie of the year, she'll become the first second round pick ever to win the, the uh, WNBA rookie of the year. Los Angeles Sparks, they just keep doing what they do. They've won nine straight. All right. Um, the last time they had a winning streak this long was back in 2016 when they did it twice, all right? That also happens to be the last time they won the championship. 
Seattle Storm. Um, there's no concerns about them. They're back in the building, man. You know, they've got 10 double-digit wins this season. All right? Um, Natasha Howard has come back to earth, you know, doing her thing. Six straight games and double figures, three double-doubles. All right, Seattle's just moving along. Um, the Las Vegas Aces, okay, um, they completed the August part of the schedule with an 11-1 record. They're already in the playoffs, all right? Um, Diarchia Hambry doing her thing, all right? And she's one of the main reasons that the, the Aces have the best scoring bench unit in the league at 34 points a game, all right? So that's stuff for the WNBA. We're going to take a pause to the cause. When we come back, man, we're going to have Bob James join the conversation, man, because we're going to talk about some NFL because we are about, what, eight, nine days away from uh, the kickoff for the NFL season. All right, this is Dr. Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Let's get it. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's may we join the revolution 
at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at facebook.com slash grateful heart photography much of her work is displayed there feel grateful for the memories captured by grateful heart photography during this crisis over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food that's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children but there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye dreaming. You'll style in great handmade tie-dye clothing such as t-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tie-dye dreaming. Or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, tie-dye dreaming is the place for you. Give us a call and start tie-dye dreaming today. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. With coronavirus spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network.
is the dome. Back with the face, the jam is live in effect, and I don't waste time. On the mic with a dope rhyme, jump to the rhythm, jump, jump to the rhythm, jump. And I'm here to combine beats and lyrics to make you shake your pants, take a chance. Come on and dance, guys, grab a girl, don't wait, make a twirl. It's your world, and I'm just a squirrel, trying to get a nut to move your butt to the dance floor. So yo, what's up? Hands in the air, come on, say yeah, everybody over here, everybody over there. The crowd is live, and I will do this too. People in the house move. Yo, what's going on? We back in the building after further review 2.0, aka. It's Sideline Pass. We are in the house live and direct as we do every Tuesday night, sometimes on Wednesdays, man. All right, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, um, I hope everybody is still doing what they have to do, man. All right, because the thing is, you know, that we've been dealing with um, for months now is not going anywhere. So hopefully you're doing what you do and um, still got to wash your hands, still got to keep your distance in and, you know, get fly with your mask and all that. You know what I mean? So that's what that is. Um, rest in peace. Shout out to um, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther and all that. Um, very influential, man. Great actor. Um, I watched Black Panther. Man. I, I sat and I watched it. It was all right. It was decent. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't, you know, go to the movies and do all of that. I didn't do that. You know? But I did watch it. And um, it was a good movie. So shout out to um, Chadwick Boseman, man. Rest in peace. Respect. Um, I saw um, the Jackie Robinson uh, movie that he did, 42. I saw Get On Up when he was James Brown. I saw Marshall when he was Thurgood Marshall. Um, uh, the Five Bloods. All right. I saw that. That's a good movie, too. I saw that. Um, so, again, man, you, you know, definitely, man, um, you know, one of the, you know, young ones, he's 43 years old, um, very, very, you know, young. Um, and I think that Chadwick Boseman is an example of being um, the anti-social media, uh, I don't want to say personality, but how to, how to conduct yourself in the social media age. I saw a lot of people on social media once, you know, they found out that he had passed. You know, um, and, he, you know, he had passed away of colon cancer. Um, he got diagnosed four years ago, actually. And people were, like, upset because they didn't know. Like, I actually saw people, like, he didn't say anything. And why didn't he tell? Like, you know, what did he owe you? You know, owe you nothing. So, like I said, like, to people, like, why is that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people put all their business out in, the, in, in, in on social media because that's, is it cute? No, it's not. And I think, um, you know, that was a perfect example of how you mind your own business. Um, and again, that speaks to his, you know, his circle, his, you know, his, his, his family, his loved ones, his friends, his doctors, his agent, his manager, everybody who was around him had no idea. Or if they did, they didn't say anything. And that's what you call friends. Friends are not going to be the one to put your business out in the street. And I just wanted to say that, man. So, 
Um, again, man, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman, man. Um, shout out to everybody that's checking out the show, man, and, and doing what you do. And um, let's get into it. Um, there's one running back that's out in the market, Leonard Fournette. There's another running back that I'm shocked at this one that um, is being considered to be put on the market. All right, Leonard Fournette. All right, was was let go by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and I think they saw that coming. But the Alvin Kamara thing in New Orleans—that's different. Like I'm not understanding that. You know, one of the you know top running backs in the league, man. You know, and um, again, um, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are listening, you know, I know we got Shady McCoy and all that. But um, listen, if we can, you know, put Leonard Fournette in our backfield, we can make it happen. Make it happen. Again, we're always looking for that, you know, that 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 running back guy that can turn it around for us. And if we got one of those, either Camaro or Leonard Fournette, I mean, hey, you know. Um, but I think that what you know um, Leonard Fournette could bring out, you know, the stuff off of the field. I think that's the situation with Leonard Fournette. You know, he, he, I mean, you know, again, the Jacksonville Jaguars going through some things, you know. Um, you know, Jackie just declined his fifth year. And I think that, um, you know, when they couldn't even get a draft pick for him. You know, they, they you know, the situation last year with, like, with Jalen Ramsey and then he just said, you know, Jacksonville ended up trading um, Yannick Nukoe to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and he actually took a five million dollar pay cut to leave. So now it's you know Leonard Fournette, and I think that um, after you know when you have a guy like Fournette who who could make it happen for you, man, eh? you know he, he does his thing, you know, and I think that he just needs to be in a situation where he feels like he can contribute and be a contributor. Because remember, a couple of years ago, man, Jacksonville had a lead in the fourth quarter against the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship. Okay, so I think that, um, you know, um, Leonard Fournette, you know, um, staying in Florida, okay, um, because, you know, there's no state tax, you know, uh, 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 pretty Bob James to speak to that. But I think that, again, um, he's going to file a grievance against Jacksonville. So, you know, there's no state tax in Florida. Well, um, again, he might be able to keep as much money as possible in the event that he loses the grievance. Okay. Um, against Jacksonville. So, again, I think that, um, you know, it's a, it's a doable deal, you know. Um, even though we really don't have that much money in cap space, um, I think a little bit over $2 million. Um, I think, you know, a one-year deal for Leonard Fournette um, wouldn't be something that would break the bank, you know. Um, he would get, like, one of those Cam Newton deals, Okay. Um, again, you know, he's got the, you know, he's got, you know, uh, a little bit of cachet. He's definitely, he's young. He's definitely capable. Um, and if he wants to be on a team that is on the verge of, of doing some things on a loaded offense, a proven head coach, all right, a six time Super Bowl winning quarterback, you know, so again, I think that, um, Tampa Bay, man, if you're listening, you know, you might want to, you know, Take a take a flyer on Leonard Fournette, and 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 another team that might want to take a flyer on him. And I'm not talking about the Patriots, but I'm talking about a team in their division. And I got um, Bob James in the building with me. You might want to talk about this. 
um, since it's his team, um, the Miami Dolphins might want to look at Leonard Fournette. I mean, you got Matt Breida, you got Jordan Howard, um, Miles Gaskins might, you know, do some things for you. But um, come on, man. What's your I'll thoughts agree. on that, uh, Bob James? I'll agree. I mean, you know, we need, you know, let's see if you can do something with a running game. Leonard Fournette would be, he'd be good for you for two years. He would be like what you had. What you had after you lost the uh, running back uh, duo of of uh, Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown, and uh, and you wound up getting one guy who could actually do that that that, and uh, you know it was uh, God, I'm forgetting his name right now too, but uh, it's not important right now, and uh, you know so it would be good for a Dolphin team, which is probably going to be the only team. <laughs> that's going to be uh, capable of competing, and that's not saying much, with the Bills. So, I mean, right. you, you'd really want that. You, you really would want to get Leonard Fournette and have him right there in your division as you're rebuilding something and you're and you're knowing the team you're going to have to go against isn't the Patriots. You know, it's the, it's the Bills this time, and uh, it would be it would be something there. If the Dolphins would go for them, you, you never know what's on their plan book. You know they're really not looking. If you really look at what what happened with them last year, and really what they did during free agency in the draft, this is a rebuilding process. You know, and it's not. Right. And I don't think they want a quick fix. Hmm. They've tried for too many years to rebuild with the quick fix, and I just think now they want players that they could build and mold. I mean, when you have a, when you have um, when when Ryan Fitzpatrick is your your your, your team lead, your, your leader in Russia, I he only had two hundred and forty three yards, and he lost and he led the team in touchdowns, rushing touchdowns with four. So I mean, you know, I mean Leonard Fournette would be a serious upgrade. I think you were talking. Were you were you were you thinking about Kenyon Drake? No, actually, I wasn't. I was thinking. Okay. Okay. I was thinking right after Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown, I think they got him. Oh, 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 oh after those guys. Okay, Reggie okay. Bush. Reggie Bush is the name. Reggie Bush. Okay. Yeah, Reggie. Yeah, Reggie. I mean, you have, you, you have some guys, you know, but, I mean, again, you know, um, Leonard Fournette is a bully. You know what I mean? And even though, you know, Jordan Howard, he's got 2,000-yard rushing seasons, you know what I mean? Um, but I think that, you know, if you, got a, if you had a, a, a backfield of, you know, Leonard Fournette and Jordan Howard, I think that that would be very you know, impactful from the door. You know, and you would have, you know, Matt Breida as insurance. You know, so I think that, you know, Miami might want to think about, um, you know, looking at, uh, at Leonard Fournette, especially like you said, if their, you know, uh, goal is to, you know, win the AFC East, which they have a great chance to do, and they haven't done it since 2008. You know what I mean? And they've only done it twice since you know 2000. So, like, I mean, you know, it, it would be, it would, it would I would, I'm going to use an expensive word. It would behoove them to to make that move, and it would show them as being serious. I think it would show Miami as being very serious if they went out and they got Leonard Fournette. You know, and I think it would take a, it would take pressure it would take pressure off of Ryan Fitzpatrick to attack Leavoa. You know what I mean? If if he gets the out there to play, it would take pressure off of him. You know, so again, I think that um, you know, they might want to uh, 
look at look at Leonard Fournette. What what do you think about the um, Los Angeles Rams? Looking at Leonard Fournette. I mean, Scott Gurley's gone. The question is, you know, could could Leonard Fournette do it with a team that just fell apart last year? You just watched uh, the slow demise in just one season. Uh, you know, of right. this Rams thing, and uh, you know, my my thing is this is uh, you know they're they're the only other team I believe that drafted a quarterback in the first round, aside from uh, us and the Bengals. And uh, are they going to have are they going to have that quarterback ready? I think it's going to be the big thing, you know, because if they are, they go they are going to have him ready, and they want him ready. And you're interested in a guy like Leonard Fournette, you want to get him right away, so the adjusting period does have time. I mean, you know, I mean, Jared, like, 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 you already know, man. I'm not really a big Jared Goff fan. You know what I mean? Um, again, like you said, they fell apart last year. I think they kind of fell apart before that, right? Um, even you know, um, not doing anything with they the, the, the highest scoring team in the league, but they scored three points in the Super Bowl. So I think that um, again, um, adding Leonard Fournette to the Rams would definitely create a focal point for, you know, opposing defenses. Like I said, it would take pressure off of Jared Goff, and it would open up the passing game. So I think that, um, I think, you know, uh, Malcolm Brown is already, you know, what they have already with, um, you know, the Los Angeles Rams. He only had 271 yards last year and five touchdowns. And I think, again, they're definitely going to need more numbers out of that. Definitely. Okay? So I think the Rams. Um, here's another team, uh, Bob. Washington. I mean, um, you know, they they need to find a successor to Adrian Peterson. All right. Um, again, you know, Adrian Peterson, thirty five years old, entering the last year in his deal. Um, you know, I think that even if he if he can produce, um, you know, I think you know having a fallback option as Leonard Fournette would be, I think wouldn't be a bad thing. All right, um, Darius Geis is not going to be around, okay? So um, I think Leonard Fournette would be an option if that's what they want to do, if they're serious about trying to make some moves. Um, you have guys like Bryce Love, Peyton Barber used to play for Tampa Bay. You got J.D. McKissick. Uh, again, I think if you put all those dudes together, if you put all those dudes together, it's still in uh, match with Leonard Fournette could give you. All right. So um, again, those those are the teams who, who who might have interest in Leonard Fournette. But I'm hoping that if Tampa Bay could do it, we would definitely um, have a, uh, a, a a leg up. I think on on our division even because you have an unhappy Alvin Kamara in New Orleans now. It's kind of like takes some takes some of the vibe away from what's going on in New Orleans. Um, we talked behind the scenes about this, Bob. You mentioned the New England Patriots. Um, I think that it would make a, it would make sense for, uh, uh, um, Bill Belichick and the Patriots to, to try to take a flyer on, on Leonard Fournette. I mean, it's just, we talked about Sonny Michelle and he hasn't really been, you know, doing his thing. He's been kind of injury prone in his, uh, first two years in the NFL. Um, again, you know, you have the guy where they could step in and has that reputation doing his thing and then you add him with Cam Newton. Um, again, I think that, um, the only question that you have with that situation is character. 
You know, but then we're not worrying about Bill Belichick worrying about anybody's character. You know? And again, I think that um, a fresh start wouldn't, you know, couldn't hurt. And uh, going from the Jaguars to the Patriots could see Leonard Fournette, you know, being, you know, refocus a little bit, you know, and, 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 you know, rededicated to doing his thing. So that, that's how we're looking at that, you know, that situation. Um, the NFL is getting ready to, you know, kick off the season next week, which I really didn't think was going to happen, you know, but I think as we get closer and closer to September, um, the 10th is looking like it's going to be a go. Um, let's talk about Alvin Kamara a little bit. You talked about Leonard Fournette. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara. All right. Um, Alvin Kamara, man. Sheesh. Like, I don't know. You know, um, he's the only player in league history to rush for 2,000 yards, have 2,000 receiving yards, and make three Pro Bowls in his first three years. He's fifth in yards from scrimmage, second in all-purpose yards, 27 rushing touchdowns, fifth in the NFL, 243 catches, and 2,068 receiving yards, second in the league among running backs, only to Christian McCaffrey. All right, so Alvin Kamara definitely deserves to be among the best-paid running backs in the league. I mean, even if he's still on his rookie, you know, rookie deal, um, again, um, you know, which one of these teams would actually want to give up a first round pick for Camara? Uh, again, and then you got to have the salary cap space to sign him to a deal. All right. So let's go. We're going to go with the Patriots again. All right. The Patriots are giving the Saints, the Saints, a first round pick for offensive playmaker before Brandon Cooks. Okay. And he, and he was also in the last year's rookie deal. So, again, I think that, um, you know, that that would be a move that Bill Belichick, you know, sound like he would make, all right? I think if you add Alvin Kamara to Cam Newton, uh, again, you know, that, that, that's, that's a, that is a recipe for another AFC East title, and who knows after that, okay? A reliable pass-catching option, okay, that could open up the, you know, Cam scrambling ability, Right, and make it a nightmare for defenses. You can't re- you can't rely on Sonny Michelle. And I mean, you know, who knows what James White is going to do now that Tom Brady is playing for the Buccaneers? So again, I think that you add a guy like Alvin Kamara, it would you know open up the playbook for Josh McDaniels. You know, so again, I think that um that would be a crazy move. They would give, you know, they would be, you know, printing tickets, playoff tickets up right now in New England if they got Alvin Kamara. All right? The Miami Dolphins. Okay? Your team, Bob. You know, I think, um, you know, what you have right now has potential, but it definitely doesn't have, you know, the, the, the talent to match up with Alvin Kamara. All right? The Miami Dolphins, they, you know, want to spend money. They have plenty of cap space to work out a long-term deal. You know what I mean? So, and, and they also have a first-round pick to give up. Because remember, they got two of them, all right, um, and <clears throat> due to the, uh, the Laramie Tunsil trade. All right, so they could easily give up a first-round pick to get a running back like Alvin Kamara and give them a new deal. So, again, if they got Alvin Kamara, that would, I think, you know, make Miami a very, very serious contender. And I think that black, you know, uh, you know, Bob James would be smiling, he'd be happy, and he'd be talking, 
off the side of his neck about Miami winning 12 games and all of that nonsense. But I think that um, Miami could work. Um, the New York Jets. All right. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I deal with the flower, man. You know what I mean? And, and, and I burns it down heavy. And I was thinking, I'm a Camaro for Le'Veon Bell. You got two teams, two running backs, two problems. You could trade one for the other. Because we know that Le'Veon Bell and the Jets, uh, head coach Adam Gase, have their problems. All right? And the Jets would certainly love to get rid of that, you know, big contract that Le'Veon Bell has. Okay? And if New Orleans chooses not to sign Camaro to an extension, they could trade him to the Jets and get a playmaker. Okay? And again, he has receiving ability. And that, you know, that would fit, you know, nicely as a check down option for, for Drew Brees. All right? Um, even though Le'Veon Bell didn't really have a great 2019, he still has years left in him. You put Le'Veon Bell behind a good offensive line, and I think that, you know, he'll have a Steelers flashback. You know, um, the Jets will get a younger running back in Alvin Kamara. He'll be a stronger fit with Adam Gase's offense. And, again, definitely he will get the ball. All right? So, it's, it, you know, and I think that they could actually still get a draft pick. So it's just a thought, man. All right, any Jets fans out there, Sadat X, I'm talking to you. All right. Um, the Buffalo Bills. Every AFC East team could use Alvin Kamara. All right. So, again, this division is, hasn't been this open in 20 years. All right. Buffalo has the defense that's capable of winning the division. They opened up their passing game with, uh, uh, um, with the acquisition of Stephon Diggs. Okay, they really don't have a running game because they're really not sure about what Devin Singletary can do. You know what I mean? So, again, um, their running game is fine, but the Bills do have a first-round pick, and they do have the cap space. And I think that adding a, a running back like Alvin Kamara would help with the development of Josh Allen. Now, here's a team, Bob, and I want to get your opinion on this. The Green Bay Packers. If they added Alvin Kamara, what, what, what's your thoughts about that? Oh, God. It would definitely establish a running game to where <laughs> to where it's not going to matter who the quarterback is. And that's saying a lot because you're, you're really going against Aaron Rodgers by saying that, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just, you know, it will allow a lot more to happen and a lot more options with running because if you could have Aaron Jones Aaron, and uh, this guy, whew, it would right. just... You could put Camaro in the slot. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, man. And I, I, I think that, you know, um, what, what you need to do is really consider your move. I mean, Aaron Jones, he's also responding to his but he's not the best receiver out of the backfield. So I think that, you know, using, you know, Alvin Kamara in the slot is one of the receiver options for Aaron Rodgers. And, and you, you could take pressure off of Jones. And then you could use uh, A.J. Dillard, right, short yardage. So I think that um, the Green Bay Packers could be an option. Um, again, that would be a gamble, but it could pay off in the end. You know, pay off big time for Green Bay. I think if they're serious about 
you know, kind of making it up to Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? I think Alvin Kamara could be that guy. Um, the Los Angeles Rams. I think you know when the Rams, you know when the when the Rams' offense was at its best, they had you know was a running back, Todd Gurley, that was doing the numbers. So I think that you know actually I think that Kamara could be a better fit in in in, in Sean McVay's system, and I think that he would be definitely the number one running back. It would open up the passing game. All right, and I think that it would help Alvin Kamara get his you know get his form back. I think not that he's lost anything. But maybe, you know, a change of scenery can help him. And I think it would turn the Rams. The Rams would turn around just like that, you know. Um, but I think that the Rams are committed, I think, a little bit to Cam Akers, you know, what they have in Dow Henderson and Malcolm Brown. But um, I think they also don't have the draft capital to get Kamara. They don't have a first-round pick until 2023. So, again, you know, you don't want to be giving up first-round picks from 2027. You know, and they got $14 million over the cap, so that really doesn't help them either. So, again, man, um, we're going to um, take it down to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, again, you know, we we got question marks. We got Ronald Jones. And that's a big thing for me, Bob. We don't got that much time left, but that's a big thing for me. Ronald Jones and we got LaShawn McCoy. And, you know, LaShawn McCoy started for Kansas City last year. All right, and I think that um, you know, that I look at it, Nashawn McCoy, Alvin Kamara, Nashawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette. I mean, it's a no-brainer for me, man. I think that um, especially if Ronald Jones doesn't, you know, really, you know, take, you know, the 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 the, you know, stranglehold on the number one running back job, and you know, Tom Brady loves to have that check down running back. I mean, if this, you know, Tampa Bay is serious about I, I I like to know what Sonny Cruz thinks about that, you know? You know, playing the Super Bowl in Tampa right, in February, um, they could give up that, you know, um, late first-round pick to New Orleans, and that late first round is going to be projected anyway because, you know, Tampa Bay is expected to have a good season this year, and they could take their chance to go to Alba Camara for one year, you know? And I think that, again, if, you know, they want to do a long-term deal, that would be a different situation. You know what I mean? He has to prove himself. Um, again, New Orleans, and it's in the division. So, you know, New Orleans is going to want the, the fall and more. All right? So, again, Tampa Bay is going to have to give up way more than the first-round pick to New Orleans to get Alvin Kamara. So, again, man, it's, it's running backs out there that can really help you you know, help help teams, you know, win and win right now. Okay? So, again, I think the Green Bay Packers were uh, – uh, um, uh, but I think if they got one of those running backs, I think more Alvin Kamara than Fournette because uh, Kamara could do more things and he and he could uh, really, really put pressure on just defenses. And um, it, would be, it would be a uh, smart move for Green Bay to make. And they have to cache to do it and make it happen. So that's what's, what's up with that. Um, we got a few minutes left, man. Check me out on a few minutes left. Don't knock us radio, man. Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. We're in the building. Um, we're going to start the three-minute rant right now. All right, the three-minute rant. I want to talk about the New York Yankees. All right? That's my team. You already know that's been my team forever. Um, right now in a condensed season, you know, we're still dealing with stuff that we were dealing with in 2018 and 19. Injuries. 
okay? Um, I'm not going to, you know, get on Gary Cole about his, you know, last couple of starts. It just is what it is, man. But I think that um, we're playing, everybody's playing for October. And I think that the Yankees, if they really want to, you know, be serious about making a move, you know, and I think that when I say make a move, I mean get past the, the, the AL, ALCS, you know, this is a team that just lost seven games in a row, you know, recently. Um, and, you know, Tampa Bay Rays are giving it to us at Yankee Stadium. Um, I think Brian Cashman, for all the moves that he made and he's made in the past, right now wasn't the time for him to be conservative, you know. Um, and if you look at it like this, you know, in the winter of 2009, the last time the Yankees, you know, won a championship, the Chicago Cubs, the Washington Nationals, the Houston Astros, San Francisco Giants times three, and the Kansas City Royals won championships before the Yankees won another. Okay? And there's no guarantee that Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, James Paxton, or Gliber Torres are going to play again this year. So, again, man, I, I, I don't know if that was the, the right move to make. We had some pieces that we could trade off to get some help, and Brian Cashman chose not to do that. So, again, man, I, I really don't know, you know, and, again, I don't want to, you know, um, chalk it up to, you know, 60-game season. It's still a season to be played. You're still out there to try to win. You know, a lot of people are talking about the Yankees as being that team I did, you know, and it's, it's, just, it's just disappointing, man. You know, for all the moves that we made, they've added up to nothing. For all the money that's been spent, added up to nothing. You know? And, um, again, man, it's just, you know, a situation of we got to get better because teams around us are getting better. You see teams in our own division. You know, we, we knew about Tampa Bay. We knew Toronto was young. But Toronto went out and made moves to improve themselves right now. So, um, I don't know what um, Brian Cashman was thinking about but he's got to make something happen. And that's the three-minute ring. Um, I want to thank my man, Bob James, man, for holding me down behind the boards once again. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sound Round Pass. You can check us out every Tuesday night right, from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, wherever the clock falls for you. Um, and that's how I give it up, man. Shout out to my After Further Review crew. Shout out to my No Knock Horse Radio crew. Shout out to my season ticket crew. All right, shout out to Sonny Cruz, man. Shout out to everybody that's down with Action VR Network. And even if you're not, all right, don't forget to wash your hands, six feet and all that good stuff, and I'll talk to you all next week, all right? After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, and we are out. Rest in peace, Chadwick Bozeman. I'll talk to you all later. Peace.
night begins Cause we've done this before So you come on in Make yourself at my home Tell me where you been Pour yourself something cold Baby, cheers to this Sometimes you gotta stay in And you know where I live Yeah, you know what we is Sometimes you gotta stay Last if I'm smoking on a crack pipe And I won't be a product of my genre My mind will always be stronger than that. 